You're listening to Cultivate Curiosity, a podcast that inspires the next generation to stay curious. Cultivate Curiosity is brought to you by the Emerald Coast Science Center, a nonprofit interactive science museum and STEAM educational facility in Fort Long Beach, Florida. This podcast is perfect for anyone curious about the world we live in because you never know what we'll talk about next. Let's get started with this week's episode. Hi, I'm JC, the Emerald Coast Science Center's social media coordinator. Hi, I'm Diane. I'm the director at the Science Center. And hi, I'm Harley. I'm the Community Affairs Coordinator and Educator at the Science Center. So this week, we are talking about how we got to now. So I'm going to pass it off to Diane, because she knows a lot of the history about the Science Center. Well, the Science Center was actually started uh, by the Junior League in 1989. They had a little subcommittee that got together and was thinking about a place for Okaloosa families to have opportunities to learn about science. And one of the key driving forces behind that was Dr. Alexis Tibbetts, who went on to become superintendent of schools in Okaloosa County, uh, was a school principal, Um, and has always been a big advocate for the Science Center throughout our whole entire history. Initially, it was um, located at the landing on uh, downtown Fort Walton Beach in a building that the Junior League was renting and leasing from the city of Fort Walton Beach. And when they opened their doors, the name was the Focus Center. So Focus stood for Families of Okaloosa County Understanding Science. Well, over the course of the years, a lot of people got the Focus Center confused with and thought it was an eye clinic (laughs) (laughs) because it was Focus. So um, that initially led to the name change a couple of years later. But the first set of exhibits were handcrafted by uh, junior league members and their spouses and the community. It was just open on the weekends and um, it was an all-volunteer organization. But as it grew and we saw the need for an organization like that or a place like the Science Center, they decided that they were going to break out on their own, become their own 501c3 nonprofit, um, and the name was changed to the Emerald Coast Science Center in 2001. And that's what the, the league's whole goal was. They have started a lot of different places and a lot of different um, organizations in the community. And what they like to do is they would like to find a gap and they would go in there and create something to fill the gap with the idea that that organization would then be able to carry on by itself and the league would step back and then they would go look for wherever the next gap was going to be. And that's kind of what they do in our community. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I think it is too. So we changed the name in 2001. We started to get more, uh, I'm gonna say legitimate, but I will (laughs) say more professional exhibits over the course of time. And here's a little funny, ha ha. Um, Back in about that timeframe, about 2001 and the early 2000s, I actually worked at the Science Center as an educator. So I taught some summer camp programs, we did some teacher trainings, I did the class Science Spots for Tots for about two years. Oh, it was. And so that's when I first became uh, involved with the Science Center. And then I stepped back and I didn't really have anything to do with the Science Center for a number of years until 2014, a friend of mine asked me would I be interested in joining the board, the board of directors of the Science Center as a 501c3, um, you know, all nonprofits like that have to have a board of directors that, that advise and um, monitor and 
make sure that everything is going well for um, whatever organization they're the board of directors for. And it was at that time frame that the city, all of those 20 plus years, we had been leasing the location on the landing from the city. It's a pretty sweet deal. Very low rent, not owners of the buildings, so repairs and things like that would fall on the city to fix. But a very small space, downtown area had some ups and downs, some hits and misses. There wasn't really any, any room for growth for the, for the Science Center. And the city had decided they wanted to do something different with that space. So they decided not to renew the lease. So the board of directors in about 2013, I think when they found this out, were like, okay, what's next steps? So they looked at several different opportunities, um, several different places throughout the area. And at about the same time, the city put what had been the Creative Senior Center, owned by the city, up on the market. That became an option. And that became one of the highest ranking options. And then it became what we did. Yeah, the so, choice. Yeah, it became well, what happened. Unique to some museums, um, a lot of museums get their facilities donated to them by governmental agencies, whether it's a county or a city or a state or whatever. So we are the only museum in Okusa County that currently has a mortgage. So we are in the process of purchasing this building from the city. That was the final decision. So in November 2014, we signed all the paperwork and we moved in here. Now at this time, I was still just a board member. Um, the museum had a different director and he chose to take a full-time teaching position with the Augusta County School District. And that was two weeks before we were set to open in this new location. Oh, so, right. <laughs> now, you want to talk about a scramble. Um, and I don't think the scramble has ever stopped since then. It doesn't feel like that. But, no, it still feels like a scramble. It does. Yeah. But I bet it's scramble. Yes. <laughs> but the board um, chair and the, the director at the time had said, okay, we need to have a plan. We need to go to the, the remaining board directors and we need to tell them this is what we're gonna do. And I had volunteered to help during the move and to help you know, clean and, and move stuff from the old location to the new location. Um, you know, my youngest daughter had just gotten her driver's license, so I was no longer the carpool queen <laughs> and had some extra time on my hands. So they said, well, would you come in as interim director? Just help us get moved in here, help us get the facilities open and ready to go. And, um, you know, then we'll reassess it after that. And, you know, just, just give us a couple months, just help us get our, our, our feet on the ground here. So at this point, it was just board of directors? There wasn't like any people there was that were hired? Big, there was like three to four staff members. Okay. That um, but the director had left. So, yeah, and I have no experience with nonprofits. I have no business experience. <laughs> I am a chemistry major and had been a research chemist and hadn't yeah. worked in years. <laughs> so, I mean, how desperate could the board have been to yeah. have given me that job yeah. <laughs> to get this place up and running? Well, okay, so we get, we get here, we get opened. I can vividly remember driving my car to work that day and the day of our grand opening day. I believe it was on a Sunday, the week of Thanksgiving in 2014. 
and I was listening to the script song, the superhero song. All I know from the script, oh, I think it's Hall of Fame. Yeah, it was Hall of Fame. And I was like, okay, okay, we can do this. We can do this. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be okay. We can do this. And I was like, alrighty. And we did. We did. We mm-hmm. earned. Yeah. Well, those new robotics exhibits. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we and had Lovelace. Yeah. Lovelace, the one animal we mm-hmm. had when we moved here. The, the one animal that was ours. Yeah. Yes. Um, and the robotics exhibits, which were purchased with a BP, uh, tri- uh, BP grant mm-hmm. from the oil spill. And I did not choose those. So those were already in play before before we moved here. They were supposed to be here in time for the grand opening, which was again Thanksgiving 2014. <laughs> and they did not arrive until March, February, March of 2015. Mm-hmm. That was a whole different nightmare. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're here now. Yes. Some still them, quite a few of them are here. Some of them yeah. are still here. <laughs> some of them we have repurposed over the That's course true. of time. So yeah, I think some of the things that sort of those first couple of years were a huge struggle. Um, so much of our funding went to just the mortgage. The mortgage, mm-hmm. just paying for the yeah. yeah. Just being an owner operator of a building is very different than leasing a, a building. So there were some some struggles there. We didn't have a lot of money to invest into our programs, and our programs had remained pretty stagnant for. A couple of years so there wasn't a lot of fresh ideas or uh, programs and we hadn't I don't think at that time really kept up with technology and all the changes that were, that were going on in science education at the time. Well, what programs were really going on then? Um, we, had, we had a family science night program we didn't have the homeschool program. Um, we didn't have maker days at that point. We didn't have maker just days. Just one? Yeah we just program. had one homeschool program at the time and we were doing field trips Mm-hmm. When did you start? Uh, it was the fall of 2016 when I started. Okay. So I graduated in June of 2016 from high school. And then okay. I got to college and I was like, I have nothing really to do. Because <laughs> I was just going like twice a week. So I was like, I need to do something. I actually had emailed Diane because I knew um, Leslie who worked here as front desk and she was leaving and going to college. And I was like, can I come be front desk since Leslie's leaving. Yeah. (laughs) And she said, yes, thankfully. So. So I think JC came in right at the end of the scariest time. I think 2015 was our year of like huge panic. Mm -hmm. Um, and, And I think a couple of things that sort of really moved us out of that panic to allow us a little breathing room Mm -hmm. was we had a corporate sponsorship from Okaloosa Gas and Mm -hmm. so for a couple of years they had an exhibit in the museum but they also paid us um, to have that exhibit Mm -hmm. so had we not had that sponsorship the first year or two it would have been probably a very different story Mm -hmm. from the story we're talking about now Um, and then after that we started a partnership with the Air Force Research Laboratory and I think that was really the tipping point that we said, okay, we might be okay, because part of the funding that we got from them allowed us to invest in the programs. So we were able to revamp the family science site. We were able to buy new technology and keep up with what the latest um, gadgets and, and things were going on in science education, um, and it allowed us to buy new exhibits. So, Previous to that point, we didn't have any new exhibits, so you would only would be a one and done. 
Mm-hmm. You would come here and you would have your one one experience here, and if you came back again, it would be basically the same experience you had before. Yeah. Nothing had changed with the exhibits and from the 70s. At that point, too, we didn't really have any outdoor exhibits either. Like we had the turtle pond no. with yeah, turtle Tully pond. and them, mm-hmm. but that was about in the, the shuffleboard court yeah, that was I out there. Yeah, we for a little while. For yeah. A little while. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I got here at the end of 2019, there was nothing in the backyard besides the turtle ponds, mm-hmm. and then there was also those metal like playing and like seesaw. Yeah. Oh yeah, because we just tried to buy something to mm-hmm. go out but there, and the tables we had those mm-hmm. the concrete tables that are still out there, so yeah. people could like eat out there. We had. Half the time, the field trips would either get out there or they'd go across to the park that's across from us. So, yeah, yeah so it was. Um, it, it's been a process for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. But I think I think getting that that first partnership with the AFRL and that's a reoccurring partnership that happens every year. So that allows us had allowed us to invest in the programs to come up with some really new programs. I mean, at that point in time, our science family night took over, took off. I mean, it mm-hmm. just became something really fun and engaging and new and different um, every year. Um, redone every year, it was themed, and that's really been a boon for us um, as well. And then that allowed us to invest in new exhibits, so then you needed to come back more than once because if you came back the next time, there was going to be something new. Mm-hmm. There was a new exhibit. There was something, and we became, and JC can attest to this in those first couple of years, mm-hmm. we became incredibly creative mm-hmm. and I think a lot of what you see when you visit the museum is born out of that poverty yes. <laughs> <laughs> of the first couple of years um, and you know the fact that we had to be able to figure out how to create and do something whether it was something little but it was mm-hmm. something different so, that's like the woman's restroom. I feel like that's a very great example. You know, we did the cricket stuff. We got the vinyl up at the top and we printed off different pictures and facts about all the women and just put them on the walls and we painted, you know? There's no other bathroom like that. No, not at all. And that was something that didn't cost a lot in theory, but mm-hmm. was something different that we could do at the same time. And that's kind of what we did. Well, I mean, the ologies. Yes. Along the wall yeah. Gallery. <laughs> well, that came out of the ideas first when uh, Ali Ward's podcast came out. Ologies, and we mm. all were huge fans of that. I'm like, oh, how can we incorporate that into the science? Uh-huh. That was up there. We did that when I was here. Yeah, and that yes. that was a lot of a lot of hard work. It was yes. some searching. Had to find a lot of ology types to yes. put up there. Thankfully, that volunteer came though because I'm not a big fan of heights. So she came up there and was sticking yeah, them up. Was on. The hardest, yeah, she did the yeah, yeah, she did probably the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. definitely a couple days. Too. Yeah, but I, mean, I think it's just really small things like that that you'll see here that you won't see at a bigger museum, and that's because we're all like, okay, we got a hundred bucks. What yeah, what are we gonna do with this? <laughs> we're also small, so we feel like we need to fill every single square footage on this place so that when people come, they can have a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. Well, and we know, I mean, when we go visit other museums, and um, <laughs> thankfully, I've had the ability to be able to attend the ASTC conferences mm-hmm. on a regular basis, and Harley went with me um, this year to Pittsburgh, but they're always hosted at these 
host museums and they always have big parties and stuff mm. like that. But three story, four story. Oh, like huge, <laughs> beautiful. Absolutely, yeah, hundred yeah. million dollar operating budget museums, right? And and we don't even have a million dollar operating budget here. But um, the amount of just like blank space, yeah, is <laughs> you're kind of like how they need to go here. We were walking around and we we're just looking and why don't they have something in this open space? They should mm-hmm. totally put something right here on this blank wall. What are they doing? <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're not the, the clutter, clutterers, <laughs> where we even have stuff on the floor, <laughs> you know, that you're supposed to look at and engage with. But I think I think a lot of that is um, stuff that we definitely lean into. Mm-hmm. I think it's um, very indicative of who we are and how um, everybody that works here creates something that they leave as their mark on the place. Mm-hmm. I have awesome. so many things with like my handwriting. That's gonna be here forever. <laughs> I also feel like it can be in a sense kind of relatable. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like to do DIY things and then they come here and we express like, yeah, I worked on this, I helped mm-hmm. build this. People are like, I don't know, take that to heart. Yeah. I think that's exciting. They definitely so. understand that you're putting a lot of effort into yeah. what you're doing mm-hmm. because you're sitting there doing the work. You didn't just go and buy this exhibit from somebody or no. something like that. Like you have to do the research and then mm-hmm. do stuff for it. I think people can recognize that um, everybody that works here is very passionate about the work that we do and that it is actually a labor of love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've heard people comment, you know, this, this place just feels like a labor of love. And I'm like, you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> it sure, sure is. So what about the small lab? When did we get that? That was our Impact 100 grant, mm-hmm. and that was in 2017 when we um, got the grant mm-hmm. because we had gone to a ASTC conference in Tampa, and the Glacier Children's Museum had small up, mm-hmm. and they had done a, um, a social, so you could come down there and sign up, and they were going to show, show you small lab and give you free food and drinks, and so we were like, oh, we're all in for the free food and drinks. <laughs> <laughs> like, always. So uh, Kristen uh, worked with us at the time, and she and I went down there and looked at it. And the whole walk back to the hotel was about a mile off. It was down the riverfront in Tampa. So it was beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful walk back. The whole way back, all we could talk about was all the different possibilities and opportunities if we could get an exhibit like that. Mm-hmm. So we had always written for um, an Impact 100 grant, had never gotten it, had been a finalist, I think, at least one other time. Mm-hmm. But I think we, at that point in time, we said, this, this is the project. Yeah. This is the one thing that will put us on the map and will really take us to the next level, which is what the idea of an Impact 100 grant is, mm-hmm. is what can be transformational for your organization. And absolutely, Small Lab and some of the um, upgrades to the building. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't just Small Lab. Right. It was also, we finally got the, the doors, sliding, sliding oh, doors, okay. the, the farm doors so between Small Lab and... Yeah, yeah, and also the floors and the two classrooms. Yep, and, and the kitchen too, the flooring in the kitchen the as well. Kitchen um, new the... lights too, so that way it was bright and yeah. new ceiling stuff. And we did replace the one panel box. Yes, oh. yeah, at the yeah. same time at too. At the same time, we updated the lights, and mm-hmm. the, so it was kind of a remake of the, two, of the classroom space. Yeah, because yeah. it was... Believe it or not, carpet in small lab before. What? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, and that was 
not very fun. And, we had to have and then we had it like it was a slab for a little while before yeah, we, we finally got like, concrete. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I assume concrete. Our walls are concrete. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is concrete. Yes. And we even like we painted it wasn't this color blue, I don't think, before. No, but I don't think we painted at least six times. Yeah, before. that's <laughs> true. <laughs> but yeah. And the gray cabinets too, even that are in there, those were oh, yeah, over time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at the time, we were the third museum in the whole country to have small lab, mm-hmm. which, I mean, is, is a pretty pretty nice feather in your cap, especially for, a, a, you know, a market as small as ours is, to mm-hmm. have something of that stature. And, you know, it was at the Glacier in Tampa, and it was at the Air and Space Museum in Wallops, mm-hmm. Virginia. So, I mean, hey, those are some pretty prestigious, you know, yeah, yeah in that. In that area is cool. And I guess for people that probably don't know, Small Lab, we call it SciPad now. Mm-hmm. And it's essentially like a large interactive game, educational thing you can mm-hmm. play. You use wands and you walk around on the floor and you can play memory games. You can sort things out into different. One of the games you have is like sorting into animal habitats. Mm-hmm. So you can like move the animals to the habitat they belong in. It's great for educational purposes. Yeah. And it's great too because we get to customize those games. Um, so we can have like the habitats. JC. Well, yeah. <laughs> or we tell JC, I have an idea. Yes. I want to do this and move these here. Can you do that? Yes, because I think our main ones that we use are the memory, which is matching two pictures or pictures to words, the order line, which is you're putting something in order from like the first to the last or something like that. And then um, the sorted out, putting it into up to four different categories because. We even, for like our sip in science and stuff like that, we did order line of how you make beer, how you make wine. Now, our memory, we have like Pokemon and Marvel stuff in there. So it can be educational, but also very fun too yeah. at the same time. Mm-hmm. Oh, my favorite one is the Disney princesses in their sight. Yes. Oh, that one is so cute. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's great because even non readers. Yes. You know, see that Younger she, kids yeah, too. That so I have to give a shout out to JC because when we talked to the small lab, um, company, which has just been recently bought out by a different company, Admotion, mm-hmm. um, they have really looked at the content that JC has created, and they have really, that is the high water mark for all small athletes. <laughs> <laughs> so she has become become like the, the gold standard of yeah. small athletes. Which I think is really incredible because we had very little training. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't even at any of the trainings that they did in person. Yeah. Yes. So I was just kind of like, I'm going to well, do it. They had technology, so we all knew that yeah. it was going to be my forte. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at the time, JC was the most, probably still is the most techno- technologically savvy person yeah. you have to say. <laughs> so automatically it got pushed to her. But um, but no, I, I think it was a combination of her technology skills, but also the creativity mm-hmm. that sort of when she looked at it and looked at the way everybody else made their games, she was like, mm, no, I'm going to take this to the next level. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes. definitely when you visit, you know, ask about the small lab, especially mm-hmm. if you have it open, be sure to take advantage of that. Yeah, because we do have it open to the public. It's certain times, especially like over breaks and stuff like that mm-hmm. spring break in the summer we'll have it open certain times so you guys can just come as a family and enjoy it or just with your friends too only because it has to be rated by somebody somebody yeah. has to 
pull up the games on the computer and do that. And a lot of times it's really easy for volunteers to do. Yeah. To pick it up super easy. And most of the time I'm like, do you want to learn smaller? Yeah. Because <laughs> you can interact with guests, you can run a program. It's great for their kind of resume as well. Mm -hmm. And I won't make you go outside and paint or do yard work. Yeah. yeah, you get to be inside. So I think Harlan, you can probably speak to some of the changes that have happened since the pandemic. You've, you've coordinated our volunteers, you've been the lead educator, and so a lot of those changes have been facilitated through you know the work that you've done here. Well, I got here right before the pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> Showed up. Which I actually, whenever I moved here, I didn't have a job. And I was looking for an area because I had moved in with my boyfriend. And one of our friends, Kiana, worked here. <laughs> and I had I didn't really know all of my boyfriend's friends yet, but like we hadn't met some of them. They're like, why don't you go work with her at the science center? And I was like, what is that? <laughs> and so I typed up an email to Lisa and was like, hey, I this is super cool. I'd love to come in. Came in and was hired. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is awesome. So I came in and then I think with as an educator though, mm -hmm. I started off as educator. Yeah. And we had, like, I loved all the educators there. I still mm -hmm. do now, but they're such a great group of people, still good friends mm -hmm. with. Um, and then I think a couple months into me being an educator, Diane and Kate were like, hi, Kate's leaving. She <laughs> was supposed to be moving, I think. Before the, the pandemic, yes. Before the pandemic. And offered the community affairs coordinator team. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sure, because I still would like to work more hours. So mm -hmm. that kind of filled in a lot for that. Um, but then come March, yeah. <laughs> February even, really, when the pandemic started and we were like, we've got to cancel some of these things, we mm -hmm. have to do this, but we also have a full staff of educators. We, yeah, what are what, we going to do? What are we going to do? What can we come up with, you know? And I think the first thing we started doing was um, the virtual like videos the behind the scenes science. the behind the scenes science yes. yeah which are on our youtube right they're on facebook instagram and youtube oh. you can see them any point in time okay and, and we ended up doing 52 total you, videos you i counted 52 of them oh my god <laughs> within a span of what two three two months. to three months yeah two to three months. so i think it was like one every single day yeah, and we had started with just all of them being live, but then we went live and then recorded ones. Because yeah. we, like you and Kiana, were one of the main ones that like recorded them at um, home because you did your chemistry ones, the kitchen right, chemistry. chemistry. But we were trying to be cautious of each other and making sure that we weren't coming in and mm -hmm. if we were sick, exposing anybody, but that also we needed to still work. A lot of us still needed to come in and get some sort of hours in. And then we also did the kits, the science to go kits, yes. which we actually still can't do some of them. We have people contact us and ask about the kits. Mm -hmm. We did an owl pellet dissection kit. We did a polymers kit. We did a circuit kit, an engineering kit, and a great fossil find kit. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we can kind of tweak them to however, but all of those were kind of like, what can we put together that people can purchase? And yeah, some cool of the stuff. things at home because mm -hmm. we can't do anything here. And a lot of it we kind of already had, or we were like, we could buy these few yeah. things and it wouldn't cost us a whole bunch of money to put it together for them. But I think a lot of it turned into us, we really were like, time to get techie, yeah. time to <laughs> take some videos and feel mm -hmm. comfortable talking into a mic, which I think was like nervous for a lot of us were. Um, but 
it was a fun time. I mean, mm -hmm. the behind the scenes videos we have just about just about every well, single I mean, one of our animals. Yeah, was featured in well, those. Yeah, each like uh, species. Each, each species, species. That's right. That's I was right. Gonna we say. did like snakes. We did the lizard. Mm -hmm. Was there a bird one? Yeah, because Tanner was here with Maddie. They oh, did CC. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, another volunteer who is CC's favorite. Yes. <laughs> but then after that, we I think after that we started the virtual science lab program. Yes, that was for the schools mm -hmm. because we were like, what can we do that could still be for the schools, but also not us going mm -hmm. in there. And so that we kind of picked. I think it was nine different. It was topics, 10, 10, 10. different topics, mm -hmm. um, and we did a total of four videos. So yes. the first video was an intro video. Mm -hmm. Say, for instance, the theme was chemistry, because I think I did the chemistry one. Mm -hmm. We talked about what chemistry is, the basics of it, and it was like five minutes long. Mm -hmm. Then the second video was... An activity, I think. I think so. The yeah. second video was like just a little quick activity mm -hmm. based off of that topic. Um, then the third video was the hour-long video. Yes. And that had essentially kind of what we would do for our homeschool academy, mm -hmm. where it would take them like four-ish hours to kind of run through, watch the whole video, and but it was narrowed down to one hour. Mm -hmm. So they would like watch the video, and that was recorded by us. Mm -hmm. like, and then we edited. <laughs> we said all the words, and then JC edited everything to yep. make it look nice. Put pictures and videos um, in there. We filmed the activities so that the kids could watch the activities. Mm -hmm. And then the fourth video was also like a short five-minute one, and that, that was, was the like expert. No. Yeah, no, expert. But when was the careers one then? Because we definitely talked about careers that one. So I guess that was one, two, three, four was the expert, and then the main lesson was by itself, because right. it was the four yeah. snaps. So yeah, then the fourth one would have been an expert out in the world. Yeah, really. some of them weren't, you didn't even, probably weren't in here in yeah. Florida or anything, they exactly. were other places. So for the chemistry one, we had Katrina, yeah. right? with paper chemistry. Um, and she did paper chemistry, and she... I would just contact these people and ask them if they could film a short video of themselves. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody came in here. I think everybody just did it virtually, mm -hmm. sent it to me, short and simple. And we um, had like a couple questions for them to answer mm -hmm. during the video. And they would just talk about what they do. So mm -hmm. like there was some sort of like connection from the actual topic to a career. Mm -hmm. um, Alex Fogg also did one for our marine biology one. Mm -hmm. I can't remember off the top of my head. I don't else. remember the name. But those are some yeah. like those are two people that we've definitely worked with more now that yeah. have come in and volunteered or gotten our live fish for us. Yes. <laughs> so those are always super great. And we even worked with um Destin for Wallen Beach a little bit because they came and did some videos with us yeah, for their Facebook true. and stuff like that as well. That's true, yeah. But then I think by that point by because we were still doing the virtual science lab programs when we opened back up, mm -hmm. um, but now we still have those. We yeah, still have they're those just under our like belt to offer out to people if anybody ever wanted one. Mm -hmm. We just wanted one, or schools wanted to use that. That's true because we did classes. offer it to like everyone. Mm -hmm. We said you could purchase and it I, for it's something. It's still on our program guide as well. Yeah. So if people wanted to use it, they could because mm -hmm. it's done. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just there. Lots of video making, lots mm -hmm. of assembling kits, but those are always fun. So, and then I think also another big thing while we were closed was developing outside. 
Yes. Because we have time to mm-hmm. do it and outside is a lot more safer. And I think you had read somewhere that people just started, people are feel more safe outside. Mm-hmm. Right? And that would have been in like June of 2020, so yeah. right after the pandemic started. Mm-hmm. And I, I sort of think about how different we would have looked if we hadn't gone through a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because I think Nothing the pandemic, outside. Yeah, I don't know that I would have developed in the way that it has. Um, mm-hmm. But I think at that point in time, we were just like, okay, what can we do? And we did have a beautiful outdoor space that we didn't utilize at all. No, because um, and we had that metal gate basically where the boating yeah, exhibit was. So well, we it was sectioned off. That other half was just like overgrown, had the trees and everything. We didn't really use it for anything at that right. point in time. And if, you, and if you look at it now, I mean, we had we reached out to the community. We had so many people that just made monetary donations. Um, we came up with a list of products that we thought we wanted to do outside, mm-hmm. and we all sat down together and said, "Okay, here's what what, what should we put out there now? Mm-hmm. We can just really focus on this." And then I wrote letters to like I don't know, like the 15 biggest home builders in the area um, asking, I had a full list of materials, supplies. Mm-hmm. We needed lumber and screws and you know brackets and braces and everything. Whitworth builders mm-hmm. actually responded right away and they were like, Diane, we will work with Navarre Lumber and we'll get everything on your list. And mm-hmm. a couple weeks later, a big old delivery truck from Navarre Lumber comes in mm-hmm. and just Downs <laughs> all those materials down for us. So now we actually had to do all the work. Yeah. But, so now uh, we have a tree house because of that. Mm-hmm. Did they also give us the diamonding materials as well? Um, that was. Who was? Was it GFC concrete? GFC concrete. They poured the concrete for us. They put the dinos in there. In. Yeah, <laughs> they put the bones. And hauled off the old chain link fence, ripped the yes. chain link fence out, and hauled that off for us. They were great, great guys. Oh, yeah. They were fun. Yeah. They enjoyed. Yeah, they really got into it. Um, and then Warner Turf donated the sand for it. Um, and then as a separate project later on, Watchery Homes partnered with um, Red Horse. Horse. Mm-hmm. Obviously Red Horse. Yes. <laughs> their, big, their big emblem is on the, the, dino the dig. top of the dino dig. Um, and Red Horse came in and, and built the roof from the dino dig mm-hmm. and Watchery Homes donated all the materials for that project as well. So that would... That's just a community. I mean, that's mm-hmm. we had volunteers, military volunteers from the EOD school. Um, Harlan worked with I don't know how many total different individuals. Oh well, it was at least a hundred. Yeah, and some of them would come back multiple times for a couple of months. There we had, and they would come every Thursday. Mm-hmm. And I would make lunch. You would feed them, and they liked to work outside, which was great because mm-hmm. yeah, they <laughs> were okay was. raking. They were okay building. They, they built so much. They and did. Our, our two in-house volunteers, Hank and Ted, um, were project managers. Well, mainly Hank at that point. Yeah, Ted hadn't gotten here yet. Mm-hmm. But um, Hank and Katie, we had another. Katie, yes. yeah. Tanner would pop into it. Yeah, that sort of um, supervised and were the designers of the projects. Mm-hmm. But the the back, the what does Hank say? Strong backs mm-hmm. were <laughs> the EOT volunteers, <laughs> and we got so much accomplished. There's um, only so much our little arms can lift. That's we, right. Yes. We'll need some help. We'll we'll try. Yeah. We can't anymore. But <laughs> well, we do have day jobs too. So yes. yeah. <laughs> other things that we should be doing. Um, but it's, it's kind of funny because I, I think. 
about the evolution of the boat exhibit, which just started out with the pontoon boat, boat um, donated by Legendary Marine, mm -hmm. and then we got the carport to put over it. And we were like, okay, well, we just want to make this be an exhibit to talk about people can get on a boat, they can get familiar with it, they can learn the rules of the road so that when they rent that boat at Crab Island, they know what they're supposed to be doing, they understand what a no-wake sign is. They understand about tides, they understand about weather, and how quickly to change the radio. Yeah, and so we had all this, this boater safety, and then, you know, and we had actually stopped the, um, the dock at the entrance to the pontoon boat. And then mm -hmm. we said, okay, well, maybe we should get one of every kind of boat. Yep. And so, <laughs> you know, then we got the, the um, jet ski, the wave runner, and then we got the canoe, and, and the kayak. The kayak. And I do have another wave runner to bring. Mm -hmm. But so we had to extend the dock. And then we got the um, ATOMs, the AIDS navigation from the Coast Guard. And it's kind of funny because just this morning we got an email from the Coast Guard saying how much they like what we have done with that and how they want to use us as a model for all other small maritime museums to look at the exhibit that we built sort of mm -hmm. just from scratch out of our heads and just kept you know adding to it and adding to it and adding mm -hmm. to it until it's become what it has become which is really a unique exhibit mm -hmm. um, you know and a very important educational exhibit in our area and we're currently working on a project to um, create a rip current riptide current um, exhibit that will actually be a hands-on exhibit so that people can see what those look like um, so a lot, a lot more yeah. thing added to it. It probably will never be done. Well, so that's part of it. Well, yeah. again, we talk about you know we don't want it to be a one and done. We always need to be adding new things and creating new um, exhibits because we want our, even our members to find value in what what we do here. Mm -hmm. Yes, we come back and there's a little something. Something's tweaked. They painted something or mm -hmm. they know, got another animal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's a whole different. Podcast. Yes. So I, I think that pretty much brings us up to date um, yeah. on, on, you know, how we got to now. How do we get to this place of, you know, being so broke in 2015, we weren't sure we were going to make it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, slowly building and building and building to where we had had our best fiscal year at the end of 2019. 2019 and mm -hmm. we were killing it, mm -hmm. we thought at the time. Um, and then going through the pandemic in 2020 and having the worst year, yeah. <laughs> you know, that following year, that, that as it turns out, we are a very different organization. Um, I think we're more resilient, mm. more creative. Um, more we got the ASTC Award for Resiliency we did. That's true. <laughs> at the conference. So that Well, just this summer, too, each like month would pass, and Lisa and Kate would be like, this is our best month. Mm -hmm. This is our best month. <laughs> and the next month, this is our best month. It just it well, definitely started getting I think, better. too, looking at you, and I, I hate to encourage anybody to do this, but to go look at our reviews. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you just want to go down a rabbit hole and you know to have an hour to waste or something, you know, if you go back to all the 2014, 2015, even 2016 reviews, you know, Google mm -hmm. reviews and TripAdvisor reviews and things like that, and 
oh wow, it was just every time I would get a little pain and I got a review, I'd be like, oh no, this yeah. good, it was bad. Oh, well, they were never good. Some of them are good. Some of them were understanding. Mm -hmm. I would say that they were understanding. Yeah. They understood what, what the situation was like. Mm -hmm. um, but now, it's, I still get a little cringe every time I see that a Google review has popped up, and mm -hmm. now it's not as terrifying as it had been in the past. Mm -hmm. I think it's a good way to, to sort of measure the evolution of an organization. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are they thriving or just surviving? Let's yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, we care about those reviews. We want oh, yeah. those all to be good because we want the community to enjoy coming here and to learn science. Mm -hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. So when we do get the reviews, it's like, all of us look at them. Mm -hmm. like, even like, edu <laughs> like new educators, we're like, oh, that stinks. Yeah. Like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's so great because uh, they complimented this workshop or the presentation or mm -hmm. the little things. But I think too is it, we so take it to heart. We do take, we do definitely take it to heart. Mm -hmm. And I think too that sometimes that can help you to refocus because they may have picked up on something that you've just become so scent blind to that you don't even realize that, oh yeah, you know what? That is an issue. I, I'm so glad somebody brought that to our attention, you know, because I hadn't even traveled down that thought process. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, we, we actually do really take them all to heart. So they all have a lot of meaning here. Yeah. And I think even, too, some of our programs have kind of evolved as well. Mm -hmm. um, started off, like, with just a couple, like Diane mentioned, with the focus center, kind of just like the couple. Um, but then I think whenever I started, all of these programs were still – like here, mm -hmm. we just added days to them because our homeschool academy and our maker days and our summer steam workshops, well, homeschool academy and maker days were on a one Tuesday a month. Mm -hmm. um, and we had so many homeschool parents that wanted to sign up. We had a wait list that was full to have a whole other day full of them. And so we added Mondays mm -hmm. for those days. And then our summer steam workshops, which we do in the summertime, in the week was also just on a Tuesday, but we added Mondays to those. Mm -hmm. Those, from what you guys told me, the summer steam workshops used to be a whole week. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was when Mary was here, and it was a it was, whole week, and it, it was, was just it was not. They weren't getting as much out of it as they could have just in the one day of being here, yeah. honestly, or the two days, the Monday yeah. and Tuesday. Now they get so much more out of it with what you guys do and the activities. And the fun themes that you guys have yeah. than they did when and it I was the full the week. Fun, the most fun part about like creating the homeschool and the maker days and the summer steam workshops is the educators, we can pick what we want to teach. Mm -hmm. Which, so like if I'm super passionate about bugs, <laughs> we, we can do bugs at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> we can do a whole class on entomology and mm -hmm. insects and I, some of the kids can like it, some of them may come in not liking it, but then mm -hmm. me loving it, that makes me so happy. <laughs> I loved how you guys did the uh, marine biology one where you guys dissected like the lionfish and the squid. Yeah. I thought that was amazing. I'm sure some of the kids were just like, get me out of here, but... of um, not so happy tummies because <laughs> the smell, Yes. Yeah. They, they loved it. Yeah. No. Where are you going to dissect it? Oh no. Truly. Yeah. Like, and then you guys got to show them our lionfish tank too. And yeah. you're like, they're here too. Yeah. It was it was awesome. 
And then we have Pathways, which is the middle school, homeschool program. Mm -hmm. That one's been really great with you doing it. Yeah, I have at least 10 kids in there every time Mm -hmm. I teach it now, if not more. I think there was one day, a couple, or session that I almost had a 20. Yeah. And I was like, middle school, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then we have our field trips that we do. Mm -hmm. But I think we kind of have to be careful about how many more things we add on because we have so many programs and because we want to reach so many different areas in the community. So mm-hmm. like the STEAM workshops, if we kept those a whole week, they're oh, yeah. not going to get as much, but then that also takes away the rest of the week from us reaching different parts of the community. So Or even just doing stuff here mm-hmm. for the people that are coming yeah. in. We couldn't really have like small lab open or well, something like that. Yeah, like the martial arts and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, taking humanitarian out, taking science activities, and lots of other... Martial arts is always one we definitely do in the summertime, because mm-hmm. they have like, a whole summer camp. Like, yeah. The kids yeah. over the week. But then we have the outreaches that we do during the school year as well, like Nellie's mm-hmm. Fresh Start, Opportunity Place, and mm-hmm. we try to bring them some new technology. And this year we're doing it at the library, the Herbert Library too. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're going there for which outreaches. We, we forgot Jen. I just thought of Jen. Yes. <laughs> that one, which is um, at the our, Fort Walton Beach Library. Yeah, that's free at the Fort Walton Beach Library that we have also through a grant. Um, mm-hmm. And each, um, I think it's the second Saturday of the month at the mm-hmm. library, um, girls can come in ages, what, like 8 to 15? Yeah. That's really the target age we wanted to hit with that um, and learn about a different female scientist mm-hmm. and do cool science activities. It's like an hour and a half long in the morning, like 10, 30 to 12, and it's it's awesome. But we also get to pick those scientists yeah. as well. So if we're like reading something or listening to a podcast, we're like, wow, that's a cool woman let's mm-hmm. talk about her well, we need to make sure these kids know her yeah so that's great but our field trips are also a big hit uh lisa developed the four rotation mm-hmm. field trip when she came in um and that has since changed a little bit it's mm-hmm. still four rotations but we always have a lesson that we base off of standards for the schools um, and then we do a rotation in the small lab room so mm-hmm. that the kids can get to explore that and then an animal presentation and then free time in the museum so mm-hmm. they get to see all of the cool stuff out there. In small lab the teachers can pick like what they want to talk about yeah. in there too like or they can just be like you guys can do whatever they can have there's a couple ones that we've done yeah. for the teachers. We typically will kind of give them options like science or um, earth and space science, mm-hmm. um, but sometimes they want to do math or they want us to hit a particular thing, which mm-hmm. we send to JC yep. and say, make this small lab game. Yes. <laughs> but other than, oh, and the family science night, which we talked a little bit about. Yeah. Um, but I think this year has been probably the favorite, I yeah. would say, of everybody. Yeah, that is very true. Everybody has seemed to like the Human Anatomy Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because we're able, we have been able to have a little bit more funding to kind of put more money into those um, mm-hmm. to bring super duper cool things. Yeah, so, we have microscopes that we're bringing this year, which mm-hmm. really nice. Which were donated to us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and they're nice. Yeah. So super nice. <laughs> Um, and then we have volunteering too. So yep. big groups always like the EOD guys are great. Um, heavy lifters. Yes. <laughs> strong backs. Yes, yeah, strong backs. 
strong backs. So you need guys and girls. Anybody that's got a strong back, mm-hmm. strong arms, strong legs. Anybody that wants to come as a group. Those yes. are the best kind. Groups are great. We'll feed you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll feed you and we'll let you play with the yeah. snake. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After we build. Yes. <laughs> you get to have the fun afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I, I think we pretty much brought ourselves um, up to the current about how we, how we got to now, mm-hmm. where yeah. we are now. Um, and you've learned a lot about our background, a lot about who we are, why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And what we do, I think a lot of people don't realize how large our reach is mm-hmm. in the community. Um, you know, we're in a lot of, lot of, lot of places. Mm-hmm. I was in Walton County outside. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we're everywhere. But yeah, and I think it'll just continue to kind of be on this train too, mm-hmm. with the more creativity that we put into the center and the more creative minds we have. Mm-hmm. Well, the collaboration, all mm-hmm. of the different partnerships, whether it's a, another nonprofit that we're providing services to, or whether it's another organization that has a like-minded mission or a goal that, you know, like we're just working with the Emerald Coast Fitness Foundation on the Riptide thing. They teach swimming lessons and they're looking for something to take in. It shows a very good, you know, visual of what actually happens. And, mm-hmm. you know, we have a local exhibit builder that helps us out and, and he's like, okay, yeah, I think I can, I think I can make that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that collaboration just popped up within the last month or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, we love that. We love when we find people that have like-minded goals with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, Jesse, good luck editing this. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's well, that's good because we talked about a lot of different things. Um, but next episode, we're going to talk about our pie-in-the-sky dreams. So we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cultivate Curiosity. If you have any questions, feel free to email us at socialmedia at Tune in for our next episode in two weeks.